Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, the Minnesota Timberwolves are number two in the NBA.com power rankings. We'll break down why that is. We'll celebrate what's going really well on both sides of the ball for the Wolves, but also red flags, things to keep an eye out for, and previewing the Wolves-Thunder matchup, the top two teams in the West face off. And for the first time this year, two young, exciting, up-and-coming teams in an in-season tournament game Tuesday night. It's all upcoming. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Happy Timberwolves game day. The Wolves take on the OKC Thunder tonight, the last pool play game of the in-season tournament for West Group C. We'll talk a little bit more about that towards the end of the show here today. A fun matchup to preview. Lots to get to off the top here. Power rankings, offensive and defensive numbers, etc. Big thank you off the top here for making Locked On Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find this show you can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV, and you can follow an X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two C, two E's, C K E N. All right. So I actually want to start with power rankings today, which is not something I typically do, but hey, I mean the Wolves are second right now in the league in power rankings and really second in the standings as well league wide. Um, coming into play on uh, on Monday night. So why not celebrate it? Why not talk a little bit about NBA.com? I've said this before. I, I think that their power rankings are by far the best. They're actually in-depth. There's analysis. There's stats, the whole thing. It's not like an ESPN or CBS Sports, you know, just kind of like by feel, hey, we're ranking these teams. But John Schumann at NBA.com does a great job. And I want to, like a couple of things he highlights in his mini column. He does a couple few hundred words on every team, which is, I love it, right? It's so in-depth. A couple things he mentions are things I've talked about the last couple of weeks um, in terms of good and bad things about the Wolves on both sides of the ball and things I want to get into a little bit more today as well on the show. So I want to start with the power rankings, then we'll get into some of the the things he points out. So um, NBA.com, the Timberwolves right now are number two in their power rankings. They were last week too. And in the last week, of course, the Wolves went, uh, what? They won Monday, lost Wednesday, Excuse me. One Wednesday, they won Monday. Wednesday, lost Friday. So I think they're three and one in the last week. Um, so still number two in the NBA.com power rankings. And it, you know, John Schumann notes that they've won eleven of the last thirteen games. He says the Wolves rank in the top ten in each of the other three factors on defense of the four factors we talked about this the other day on the show, right? So what are the four factors? It's um, it's uh, opponent field goal percentage, or really effective field goal percentage. Uh, turnover rate, uh, defensive rebound rate, and foul rate, or free throw rate, really. And so he notes that they're in the top 10 in three factors, but they're 21st in defensive rebounded percentage. Now, side note here, it depends on where you're looking. So he's using the NBA.com stat, which is probably a more accurate number in terms of how it's calculated. Uh, what that is, is the percentage of offensive rebounds that an opponent grabs, right? So the 
a percentage of opponent misses that wind up back in the opponent's hands for a rebound. He's got the Wolves on NBA.com at 29.8%, allowing that's almost one in every three opponent shots that goes up, or just call it what it is, 30%, right? Three out of every 10 opponent shots still end in an opponent possession, another opponent possession, an offensive rebound for the opponent. According to basketball reference, which is what I use for most of the stats I cite here, the Wolves are 15th in defensive rebound rate at a little over 75%, 70, yeah, 75.4% in terms of defensive rebound rate. So either way, middle to bottom of the pack, right? So John points that out. It's something we talked about a lot on this show. It's been something I harped on the last couple of years. So, uh, you know, that's that's right there in the article. The 26 second chance points they allowed against Sacramento on Friday were tied for the most that the Kings have scored in terms of second chance points this season. He goes on to talk about how good they've been defensively on the road. Um, they're by far number one at home. They are 15th in terms of defensive efficiency on the road. Only the Pacers and Clippers have bigger home road differentials on defense, which I thought was an interesting point. Um, he also talks about Nikhil Alexander-Walker joining the starting lineup in the absence of Jaden McDaniels, and the bench was outscored in 25 minutes excuse me, by 25 points in 35 minutes over the games on Wednesday and Friday with Anthony Edwards off the floor. So when Ant isn't on the floor with the bench unit, the Wolves bench unit was a minus 25. Um, sorry, I, no, that's right. Um, he talks then about how the Wolves, Wolves Thunder matchup on Tuesday is, is going to be phenomenal, which we'll talk about later. So what did he point out here? First of all, let's celebrate them being second. Of course, behind Boston. You know, Boston's 13-4. The Wolves are 12-4. and four. Of course, the Wolves beat Celtics or beat the Celtics. Uh, we know that. Um, but besides that, ahead of the Sixers by a spot, ahead of uh, Denver here by a spot. By the way, I know there's extenuating circumstances here, like Boston was missing, I think, just one starter when the Wolves played them. The Sixers didn't have Embiid. The Nuggets were fully healthy. But the Wolves have beaten... The other three teams in the top four in NBA.com's power rankings this year. So they're 12 and four, and they've beaten the other top four teams in the league, which is uh, fantastic. They play number five, OKC, on Tuesday night. They have not played number six, Milwaukee, or number seven, Orlando. By the way, what about the week that Orlando's had? They've won, what, seven straight? Um, Sacramento, eighth. Of course, the Wolves just lost to them. Phoenix, ninth. The Wolves uh, lost to Phoenix in that schedule loss. And then the Knicks, 10, who the Wolves beat as well. So in the top 10 power rankings, the Wolves are, what, four and two. Um, of course, they're one of the teams. They haven't played the other two. So, or the other three, excuse me. So four and two against the top 10 teams, the power rankings. They play another one Tuesday night. So that's not a bad start to the season, right? So take a moment, celebrate the Wolves being number two in this power rankings. I know it means nothing, but it means something for Wolves fans that have suffered for so long. And now I want to dig in a bit. We can start with what John Schumann mentioned here at NBA.com, and that's, the opponent offensive rebound rate. And it's something that has been a, a major bugaboo for this team for years, um, the last couple of years. And remember, the Wolves were one of the league's worst rebounding teams in 21-22 and brought in Rudy Gobert, who was the best, literally the best individual defensive rebounder in the league in 21-22. And yet the Wolves were still a bottom five defensive rebounding team last season, no matter what metric you're looking at. Um, so... It's a weird thing, right? And I think Schumann even mentions in his article, like this is despite the fact they have three centers in their top eight in their in their top eight man rotation, which is true. Um, so that's something that has to be watched. Just trending in the wrong direction. Early this season, we talked about on the show, like, hey, this is great. They're doing a really good job of limiting opponent off second chance points, but it it hasn't been sustained with any sort of frequency so far this season. Um, 
I've been talking about the cleaning the glass numbers. You go back and look at that. The first three games this season, now the Wolves were one and two in the first three, right? Because they lost to Toronto. They lost at Atlanta in that debacle of a game. And they beat a shorthanded Miami team. But in all three of those games, they limited opponent offensive rebound percentage to under 20% or under 21%, uh, which is great. Like, that's really, really good. Since then, the Wolves have, those were their three best defensive rebounding games in terms of percentage all season. Were the first three games of the year. Besides that, they have allowed at least they've allowed at least 30% offensive rebounds to the opponent one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times in their last 14 games. That's really bad. And hence them allowing basically a 30% offensive rebound rate to the opponent um as it stands right now for the year. Eight out of the last 14 games, they've allowed an offensive rebound rate of an opponent of over 30%. That's an issue. And something that I've talked about as as a red flag, but something I'm not quite sure where the line falls between like, hey, the Wolves are good defensively and they're getting lucky, is the amount, and I don't know, I, I don't think this is anywhere on a site and it would take some time to manually go back, manually go back and figure this out. But the last handful of games, the Wolves have struggled on the defensive glass, but yet they've limited second chance points. And something about that feels fluky. Some of it's opponent dependent. And some of it is like, hey, the Wolves are just a good defensive team. So of course they're limiting second chance points because they're that good defensively. They're contesting shots. They have length. They're active, etc. So on some level, it makes sense, but you're also playing with fire because the more possessions you give an opponent, of course, the more points they're going to score, no matter how good you are defensively. So there's a line in there somewhere, and the Wolves are flirting with it. And to this point, it's allowed them to be, again, through play on Sunday after a, a great defensive performance against a bad Memphis team, a, a woefully shorthanded Memphis team. The Wolves are, once again, number one in defensive efficiency, but they're playing with fire with this defensive rebound rate stuff. Um I want to talk about free throw right next. I want to spend a ton of time on it because I did hit on it a bit on Monday's show and also last Friday, but it's part of this conversation. It's important. It's another area where the Wolves are flirting with disaster. Disaster might be strong. Flirting with danger. We'll call it that. They're living dangerously, however you want to say it. Um, So I want to talk about that next and then a couple of other things also on the offensive side where the Wolves are trending. So we'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our title sponsors over at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers to stay hot. Nope, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's absolutely no better time to get in on the action. It's a great time of year for sports. You've got, uh, of course, NFL action again Thursday. You've got championship week in college football, so tons of of conference championships later in the week. Of course, you got NBA action in season tournament next week. Those games in Vegas are going to be a ton of fun over at FanDuel. Um, and then also the Wolves, if they don't make the in season tournament, we'll find out after Tuesday night or don't make the, the next round of the tournament. Um, they'll get more games added to their schedule. So that'll be a fun time to head over to, uh, to FanDuel and check it all out. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. Kick off the second half of the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right. Um, so we've talked about opponent offensive rebound rate. The other piece on defense that I want to hit real quickly is the free throw rate. I've spent some time on this recently. It's it's a clear backslide to where the Wolves had been previously. They're still seventh in terms of free throw opponent free throw attempts per field goal attempt. And this is a basketball reference number. It's .184, but it's still heading in the wrong direction. They were one of the top three in the league for the first couple, three weeks of the season. It's it's an issue that has plagued the Wolves similar to defensive rebounding is just simply defending without fouling has been an issue for this team. Last year, the Wolves were 26th in this metric, a .225, meaning uh, for you know one in every, more than one in every five, a little less than one in every four opponent field goal attempts, they were attempting that many free throws. Uh, they were 29th in fouls per game last season defensively overall. This year, they're seventh in opponent free throw rate, but they're 15th in fouls per game. They are fouling more but they just aren't necessarily leading to free throws yet. Part of it is type of foul. They're getting called for, it seems like recently, more offensive fouls. They actually done a better job, you know, compared to last year, earlier in the season, um, you know, going back to uh, going back a few weeks. So that's part of it. Also, they're just fouling to the limit and then doing a pretty good job at not fouling after that, which again, feels a little bit fluky. Like you're playing with fire here. Eventually you're going to end up in the bonus or end up in the penalty and have your opponents in the bonus with frequency. And that's happened more recently, right? The last couple of games, the Wolves have a lot of ton of free throw attempts. Uh, the Memphis game was a foul fest on both ends of the floor. And I blame the officials a, a good deal for that. Uh, but like the Sacramento game, by the way, some of the games the Wolves have done the best at not fouling in are games that were bad losses, right? The Sacramento game, uh, they only allowed what? Um, nine nine made free throws per 100 field goal attempts, so 96 percentile according to Cleveland Glass. So Sacramento game, they were good. They lost that game. The Phoenix game, they didn't foul too much. That was a loss. Same thing with the uh, Toronto game in the first game of the season, right? So some of the games where they've done the best at fouling the least, they've actually lost those games. So the correlation there also doesn't really track. And I think it's fluky more than it is anything else. And I worry about how much this team fouls and how many offensive rebounds they give up, the lack of second chance points, the lack of made free throws other teams are getting against them. Those are going to add up over the course of the season. And I worry about some regression to the mean there. Um, now, turnovers are a bit flukier. Effective field goal percentage, the Wolves have been fantastic at driving that downwards. It's still by far the best in the league. Um, you look at the entirety of the league and the Wolves are just, just phenomenal. Um, in fact, I have it right here just how much better that is defensively uh, or, or defensive effective field goal percentage. We talked about this last week, how it's it's better than all the, you know, the best in the league the last couple of years in terms of effective field goal percentage, but by a pretty wide margin. It's still the only team, and the Wolves are the only team in the league that have an opponent effective field goal percentage of under 50%. It's 49.6. The Rockets are actually 50.2, so the Wolves are only six-tenths of a percentage better, and the Thunder are right behind that. So, it's still the best in the league, and it's what's driving this overall best defensive rating for sure. The turnover the turnover rate is a bit flukier. The Wolves are more middle of the pack there. They're, what, 12th in defensive turnover rate? Um, is that right? Yeah, 12th in defensive turnover rate. So 
that to me, they're gonna that's gonna be a good number for the Wolves, but you can't count on that night in and night out. The effective field goal percentage, I think you can drive down more consciously and you can control the defensive rebound rate and the free throw rate a, a bit more. And so two of those three factors are things that I worry a little bit about. So still the league's best defense, but what would keep me up at night is some of the potential for flukiness there for opponent-made free throws and second-chance points to this point. Turning to the offensive side of the ball, the Wolves are moving in the right direction. According to the basketball reference offensive rating, the Wolves are 14th in the league in offense. Remember, they finished last year 23rd in offensive rating, and and for much of the year, we're bottom five. So they're absolutely going in the right direction here. Uh, They were hovering around the 18 to 20 mark for a good chunk of the season so far. I'll tell you what, having the best defensive rating in the league and say they can get this up to a top 10 offensive rating, that's a pretty good recipe for success. Um, In general, everything about the offense is, is just improving. They're making more shots. They're shooting a few more threes than they were at the start of the season. They're playing a little bit faster. They're certainly getting to the line more than they were at the beginning of the season. To me, the biggest thing right now is just shoot more threes. The Wolves are 10th at three-point percentage league-wide at 36.7% as a team, but they're only 23rd in three-point attempt rate, and you could also look at it this way, 27th in three-point attempts per game, just over 30 per game, and it's hard to make up those deficits when you just get out shot from three-point range. They have two starters over 40%. Cat is now at 40. Mike Conley is shooting at a 46% clip this year from three. Nas is 39.4%. You got a bunch of guys hovering around league average. McDaniels, Edwards, Alexander Walker. And you got guys that have been disappointing, right? Shake Milton being the primary one. He's shooting two per game and is only 25%, although he's come around a little bit more here of late, um, at least in terms of shooting the ball. So just more attempts, like greater volume. They just need to shoot more threes. And they need to play a little faster. There's something we dug in a bit on last week is the uh, the Wolves aren't running enough for how many turnovers they're generating. They just aren't turning those turning those turnovers into fast break opportunities on the other side of the floor. And it's a big miss um, to, to not take advantage of scoring, especially with the athletes and the shooters the Wolves have on their team, to, to, to not take advantage of the opportunity to score against defenses that are not set yet. So... Um, that's an area I would look for the Wolves to improve on. Just shoot more threes, take advantage of more transition opportunities. But overall, the offense is looking better and better and better. And you look at quality of shot. I'm actually, I don't have a lot of concern about that. I, it was something a couple of weeks ago. I was a bit nervous about how many mid-range shots they were taking. But again, going back to cleaning the glass, if you look at kind of the, the matrix they have set up in terms of, you just look at the game log and shot distribution, there's no pattern. It's not like recently they're all of a sudden shooting more mid-range jumpers or like anything like that. Um, it's kind of it's kind of a, um, a mixed bag all throughout. Like the Wolves are shooting a few more mid-range jumpers than you'd like to see, but they've also got guys that could make them in Ant and Cat. And as long as they're still shooting threes and they're still getting to the line and shooting at the rim, that's fine. And we're seeing a few more corner threes of late. In fact, of the the Wolves so far this season have, uh, let's see, eight games. One is that right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven games this season. They've attempted ten percent or more of their shots from the game have been corner threes, and four of them are in their last five games. That's a really good thing. The frequency of corner three pointers is up. Mid range stuff is mostly flat. Non corner threes mostly flat. Attempts at the rim up and down all season. Like you've got some real stinkers in there where they just weren't getting to the rim and you've got games where they're living at the rim. So 
there's no real rhyme or reason. I think part of it's a you know dependent on opponent. Part of it is individual game plans for that particular night is obviously going to impact what your shot distribution looks like. Like what's what's the game plan coming in, right? Who is the opponent? How are we going to handle this? Uh, for the most part, the Wolves have been knock on wood healthy and and have had guys you know their main offensive threats have been available. So it's more opponent dependent than anything else. But the increase in corner threes is great. I, I the the quick analysis there is. It's Ant being very willing to pass and also teams packing the paint to try and stop his drives. And also your role men, primarily Rudy, doing a really good job at looking at, you know, short rolling, catching the pass and swinging to the opposite corner. We've seen Conley knock down a ton of corner threes here recently. Um, so all things to keep an eye on. But the offense is training in the right direction. The defense is still strong, but I have those, you know, the concerns I mentioned already related to opponent second chance points and made free throws to keep an eye on. All right. Let's get into this Thunder matchup. I'll explain where the Wolves are in the in-season tournament heading into play Tuesday night, um, and 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 you know what this what this matchup between the Wolves and OKC a play-in matchup, um, I guess rematch from last year. So we'll break all that down here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch your winnings roll in. With basketball season well underway now and football season about midway through, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 point combo of three-pointers made plus receptions. Pick any you know local. You could have done, uh, well, I guess the Wolves didn't play Monday, but you could do like... On Sunday, you could do Vikings and Wolves and, you know, pick a combination of uh, Jordan Addison catches and Carl Anthony Towns three-pointers made more than or less than whatever that number is. Also, PrizePix has a reboot policy, so your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball, if you have a player who exits in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only fan- daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to prizepix.com slash NBA. And use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash LOCKDOWNNBA. Code LOCKDOWNNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Wolves-Thunder matchup. Let's talk about the matchup. Well, actually, let's talk about the in-season tournament implications here first, and then I'll get into the matchup. So um, reading off of the ESPN, I, I don't know, like explainer on this, because it's 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 a bit convoluted and so so bear with me here but you can go find this on ESPN they do a good job of laying this out uh basically if the kings win they clinch the group right um getting the wild card i think is pretty much out of the question right now for the wolves so the only chance that they really have is if golden state and the wolves win the wolves would be in a three-way tie with golden state and sacramento so point differential matters. Golden State would have to win by at least 13 points to guarantee that it finishes ahead of Sacramento. The Wolves would have to defeat the Thunder by at least eight more points than the Warriors beat the Kings to have a chance of winning the group. So the Warriors have to beat the Kings. The Wolves have to beat uh, the Thunder. And the Wolves have to win by at least eight points more than the Warriors beat the Kings by, right? So it's convoluted, but it's possible for the Wolves to still advance in the end season tournament. It's not likely... But it's absolutely possible. Of course, 
the business that matters the most because the game, of course, matters towards the regular season record. And also, it doesn't if you don't win, it doesn't matter anyway. They just got to win the game against the Thunder. And if they advance, great. If not, fine. But you get the win towards your regular season ledger. So let's look at this matchup. So OKC to this point has had a fantastic season. Uh, I thought they'd be good. I thought they would be probably a play-in team. And they look to be a bit better than that. They're 11-5 and five, uh, so far. They're second in the West next to the Wolves. They have been mostly healthy. Jalen Williams missed their last game. It, it Reportedly, he's going to play. He's been practicing, and he's going to play against the Wolves on Tuesday. So they've got their full complement of starters. Um, and it's just an exciting young team. Like, SGA is one of the best eight players in the league. Like, he's a phenomenal player. Um, and, you know, whether or not you love his playing style, he's an unbelievable player on both ends of the floor, and he's an efficient player. He's shooting over 53% from the field, nine, almost 94% from the line on seven and a half free throw attempts per game, 30 points per game right now, over six rebounds and six assists per game um, in 15 starts. So SGA, Chet Holmgren, of course, the Minnesota native, went to Minnehaha Academy before going to Gonzaga. He'll be back at Target Center on Tuesday night. He's averaging 18 and eight and over two blocks per game, and he's shooting almost 44% from three on four attempts per game. He's really uh, ratcheted up those attempts over the last couple of weeks here. So it's a difficult matchup for anybody. They are currently fourth in offensive rating and seventh in defensive rating. I said earlier, they they are third best in the league in terms of opponent effective field goal percentage behind only the Wolves and Houston, um, which I think if you had said, you know, six weeks into the season, it would be Minnesota, Houston, and OKC with the three best defensive effective field goal percentages, you would have laughed in my face. Uh, I would have I would have never said that because I never would have believed it to be true. But here we are. Um, now, the Thunder are the worst rebounding team in the league pretty clearly. They're dead last in defensive rebound rate, under 70% of defensive rebounds grabbed by the Thunder, and they are 29th in offensive rebound rate. They're still a small team, and that's that was the Wolves' advantage, primary advantage over them the last couple of years, too. Besides Chet Holmgren, there really isn't anybody else in the rotation. Like Alexei Pokusevsky is on the roster. He doesn't play regularly for them anymore. Um uh, Davis Bertans is not regularly in the rotation, and he wasn't a rebounder anyway, even though he's 6'10", right? Usmani Dang is is a, is a bench guy for them and limited minutes, not an every-night guy either. They don't really have any rotation players above 6'9 that, that play regularly besides Chet Holmgren. Like, that's just kind of... Um, that's just how they play, right? They have, I guess, the other... Not the Jalen Williams that's coming back from injury, but the other Jalen Williams... Um, has a bit of size to him, but he's, again, a fringe rotation guy. Like, this is basically Chet and a bunch of big guards. And the Wolves should have no problem grabbing rebounds against this team. In practice, like, it's not just in theory. In practice, the Thunder have been a bad rebounding team. So, if the Wolves get out-rebounded in this game, it's a major issue. Looking at what OKC's size looks like and what their numbers look like through the first 16 games of the season, the Wolves need to be able to rebound the, rebound the basketball against OKC. The other area of weakness for Oklahoma City is that they foul too much. They are 18th in defensive free throw rate, so they give up a lot of free throw attempts to opponents. Um, and uh, Or you can look at it this way, so they're 18th in opponent free throw rate. They're 13th in free throw attempts per game for opponents. So it's a bit of a weakness for a team that's otherwise been very good defensively. They turn you over a, bun- a bunch. They have length of the perimeter to contest shots. They've got Chet in the paint to try and protect the rim. Um, you know, SGA is obviously a phenomenal defender. They've got Lou Dort, who's an effective two-way type player. So... The Wolves have to get to the line and they have to crash the glass and, and or really just box out on the offensive 
on the defensive glass and secure rebounds. Don't give Oklahoma City second chance opportunities for what's been a really efficient offense so far this year. Outside of offensive rebounding, they've done everything else well. They get to the line a bunch. They're second in effective field goal percentages in offense. They're middle of the pack at turnover rate. Um, they play fast. Like all that's really good. They don't shoot a ton of threes. They're 21st in three point attempt rate, but they're number one in three point percentage. Over 40% as a team so far. Chet Holmgren, Lou Dort, Isaiah Joe, all shooting well over 40% for three. SGA, Jalen Williams, right around league average. Uh, the only like regular that doesn't, that shoots threes with on a regular basis and doesn't shoot them well is Josh Giddy. Um, Two attempts per game, 30%. He's been probably the weak link for them so far this season um, in general, if you look at, at their rotation. But this is a dangerous team. Like They're legitimately good. The Wolves need to beat them on the glass. They need to avoid fouling too much and get to the line themselves. And they should be okay. Like This will be a fun matchup for Minnesota. I'm really excited to see how this thing shakes out um, on Tuesday night at Target Center. So after the game, the live postcast will be over at Lockdown Sports Minnesota. And of course, you can watch that on YouTube and you can listen to the audio. If you can't watch it live, this feed right here, the next episode in your feed on Lockdown Wolves is going to be the postcast tonight after Wolves Thunder. The Wednesday show here will be the post-game pod. I'll have it for you bright and early Wednesday morning, so be sure to check that out. It will also be on the Lockdown Wolves YouTube channel. Also, if you're going to uh, not be able to watch the Wolves game live, make sure to check out the hometown broadcast, the fantastic Alan Horton on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Catch every bucket of Wolves Thunder. Just search Minnesota Timberwolves, again, SiriusXM and the SXM app. That's all we have for today here on the show. A big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow an X at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.